Hi, I'm Bukeka. I'm the B. And I'm Enolia. And I'm the E. Together, we are B Empowered. The universe is calling, calling, calling. The universe is calling me to be. It's calling me to listen more, talk less, and hold the light. The universe is calling me to be. We believe that deep in our souls, we hold conversations. But for whatever reasons, we do not always take the opportunity to speak from our hearts. We want you to imagine that you're sitting right here with us now, sipping a cup of tea or coffee at our dining room table, and we're having that conversation. You know, the one that encourages, inspires, and motivates you to the infinite possibilities that your life has to offer. Let us help you to expand your imagination, to create your beautiful dream into reality. It starts right here and right now because the universe is calling you to be. The universe is calling me to be. The universe is calling, calling. The universe is calling me to be. It's calling me. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to BE Empowered. I am Bukeka, and I am here with my wonderful and beautiful friend, Enolia. How are you today? I am so good, Bukeka. It's so good to be here, and we have a lot to share today. It's going to be a powerful, powerful discussion, not an easy one, but I think it's a discussion that needs to be had. What do you think? Absolutely. Absolutely. There is this emergence, as we've been talking about for many months now, of the divine feminine. And this just happens to be a topic, even though it spreads across both male and female and gender um, definition, but it is uh, one that so comes close to home with the, with the feminine. And that topic is domestic violence. That's right. That's right. I mean, when we talk about domestic violence, we typically think about the women's perspective, but yes, it does cross genders. I think that we are going to focus on the women's perspective because we are women and we can only give that women's experience from a true, you know, uh, feeling point of view, but please understand that we are not excluding men. We are just having an experience from our own divine feminine ourselves. Yes. So as we start this topic of domestic violence, I think it's important for listeners to really get centered because this is a big topic. And because we know that there are many, 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 many listeners out there, if not all, have been touched by this topic in some form or fashion. It is one that brings up memories. It's one that brings up a lot in the pain body uh, because those episodes typically still sting literally and figuratively. And so I would encourage our listeners to just really settle, get yourself some water, Listen and allow yourself 
to take in this information in a healing and loving way. Absolutely, absolutely. So when I think of domestic violence, many of us think that, oh, you know, we're talking about a married couple that has probably been married for years and there's a dominance within it. That perspective comes, but I want to really start in the fact that when a partnership forms and there are times when violence takes place within the partnership, we recognize that violence is taking place, but we make excuses for it or justifications for it. And we go, oh, but this was the circumstance and this circumstance is the exception to the rule. And because of that condition, I still choose to love this person. Not that I wouldn't love this person, but he or she really didn't mean it. The circumstance was the justification. It won't happen again. There was pressure there. There are all these reasons that we utilize to justify that something has taken place and we know in our heart it's not right. It's not right. I shouldn't have accepted it. I got impacted by it. I got hurt by it. And not just hurt emotionally, because there's emotional pain, but there's also physical. When that has happened to you, the first thing that you do is you lie to yourself. You lie to yourself that it's okay because you want to be loved. You need love in your life, or you believe that this is how love is received. And there are times when you go, how did I end up here? How, how did I let this happen? Or did I let this happen? How did this happen to me? And I'll just pause right there because I can keep going and going and going, but I want to make sure that this is a dialogue and not a monologue, so. <laughs> you know, Leah, everything you said was so true. It deserved a monologue. It deserved to have that amount of time spent on what we tend to do. And you and I both know that we've been in that situation. That's why we can talk about it so plainly and authentically because we've been in those situations. The fact that we do lie to ourselves because of the desire to stay in harmony, which is so ironic that our lying to ourselves and continuing to be in a situation that continues to harm, continues to deplete, continues to deteriorate the fabric of our mind, we do so in hopes of harmony, in hopes of peace. There's no way you can get to harmony and peace by putting a blind eye to what you're really feeling, putting a blind eye to what you know is not in service to your well-being, and putting a blind eye to what this means to your future and your ability to thrive and live a good life. So it's important that we talk about this in length. I'm gonna even say that, cause when you first start out and you receive that first little tidbit of abuse, it comes in the fact that you're being called a name because your partner's angry. And you're like, well, why would you call me that? Why, why would you say that about me? 
And then you look and then it, it stops. Oh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And you're like, okay, I'll let it slide. And then what happens is that that habit repeats and repeats and repeats. And before you realize it, you're being called all kinds of names and slandered verbally, or you're being belittled or you're being demeaned. But then you see that other side of that partner and you say, but he loves me. And I want to talk about what love isn't. Yes. Love is not hurtful. Love does not slander. Love does not belittle you, demean you, make you feel small. Love does not prevent you from speaking your truth. Love does not demand that you don't stand in your authenticity. Love does not confine you to a space and tell you you can't go anywhere else. And if you are in partnership with someone and these things are taking place, before you even make a commitment to this person, you need to step back and you need to look because these are the signs that we ignore in our partnerships. And they're coming from a verbally abusive mouth, a verbal, a, a physically abusive, and not necessarily starting off with hitting you, but what, fist in the wall, breaking things, throwing things around you, coming into your personal space and yelling at you just enough to make you feel petrified and powerless, but yet in a switch of a hat or a turnaround within an instant, but I love you. You know I love you. You know I wouldn't go that extra step. Don't be afraid. But, you're, but yet the whole relationship is predicated on fear and not love. Because all those things that do not constitute love constitute fear. So we as women have to look at our relationship and say, is this love or is this fear? Is my love predicated on a foundation of fear? Let's just start with that. I so appreciate how you described those moment by moment experiences that happen in domestic violence. And it is that slow evolution of just dripping that those seeds of self-doubt, just dripping those seeds of fear, just dripping them little by little, but then gradually increasing the intensity and then leading to greater forms, more hurtful forms of domestic violence. And that's what you really described. You really described how it begins with something small. Again, not related necessarily to you, but the evolution of that over time begins to increase and becomes more harmful. And so what you describe is that along the way, we just simply begin to accept the reality of that. And it doesn't uh, necessarily seem very harmful at first, but it stings. And that's what we need to notice. We need to be poignant about the moment that we sense, experience, or just even wonder, is this something that I should tolerate? 
is this, is this love? Asking the question, is, was that a loving thing to say? How do I feel hearing that, feeling that, seeing this action? And at that moment, when I know that this is not in alignment with love, what do I do? How do I address it? Is it possible to turn it around or for both parties in this partnership to recognize the deteriorating pattern that's about to begin and maybe stop it or nip it in the butt or make adjustments, correct or leave? You know, you make such a great point. And one of the things, and I'm sitting here thinking about what are the foundational characteristics that are the flags of domestic violence. And I think that there are two of them. They are called insecurity and jealousy. There are degrees of insecurity and there are degrees of jealousy. And some women are flattered. Oh, he's a little jealous or even better yet, I'll make him jealous. Mm. And then when you glean the reaction of a jealous person who goes, I don't want him looking at you. I don't want him talking to you. And you just like, oh, great, I got his attention. But you don't have that attention in a positive way. You don't have a, that attention in a respectful way that says, I trust you. I believe in you. I know I don't have to go to these emotional states of insecurity and jealousy because the quality of the woman that you are and my understanding and receiving that never would push me to a place where I have to be insecure or be jealous. Not the quality of actions that you do, but the quality of the woman and the respect that I have for you and who you are, I don't have to go there. The thing about it is that what happens is those feelings of jealousy goes from, yeah, you got my attention, yeah, there are actions taking place. Yes, I'm jealous. But what happens when it starts going to that extreme and the pendulum swings? And they don't want any man looking at you. They don't want you looking at any man. Are you going to walk around your whole life going, I got to keep my eyes down because I might be perceived as doing the wrong thing or taking the wrong action in the way I look or I carry myself? Let's talk about some of the foundational pieces. These are red flags. You don't wanna be with a person who is so jealous that they are going to create a scene. They're going to take it out on you and it's your fault for what being attractive or your fault because you, you've attracted someone. And that insecurity that sets in that acts as the perpetrator for that jealousy. And at first we think this is flattering and we need to understand right off the bat, if you're dealing with a very insecure partner and a very jealous partner, that's a red flag. Maybe you're not supposed to be there. That's the first start. Do we glean and understand the signs that could lead to something very, very hurtful and harmful in our lives? Well, Nolia, you have brought up something else in a way because in the beginning, you talked about the importance of looking at this from the standpoint of partnership. Now we're in this partnership. We see the signs of jealousy, of, of envy. And we know that those signs are based on what? Fear. Yes. 
They're based on fear. They're based on that individual's fear of not being good enough, not being loved or have the ability to love, the fear of not being the type of partner because they sense they're in because they sense their, those insecurities about themselves. They sense those feelings of self-doubt and unworthiness about themselves, but yet somehow they found themselves in this relationship. And I'm going to look at the other side of the partnership because one of the things that you mentioned was that individual, that woman who rather feeds on the jealousy and envy to an extent for a desire of attraction or a desire for attention or desire to have that love show up in that way for them. That is also fear. That is the fear of whatever brought them to the relationship of not being good enough, of not being worthy of having a wonderful relationship, worthy of knowing how to be in relationship. So, so many times people come into partnership very fractured because they have yet to address those things of envy and insecurity and self-doubt and jealousy within their themselves. So you come into this situation, but generally, and since we are talking about it from the feminine perspective, because of the physical phys physicality many times between men and women, you see that the men utilize that physicality to express their insecurity, jealous, envy aspects. And that is when we start to see that snowball of domestic violence. It's a very tricky thing to, I think, notice the signs. We need to, we need to have our, our listeners understand you need to know the signs. You need to know the signs within your partner. And you also need to know the signs that are within you as well. I so agree because you know what I make it akin to? I make it akin to a slow boil. See, you, you, you get into the water and it's beautiful and it feels good. And then the heat and the fire are turned up under it and you don't feel that the heat is increasing little by little by little until you're in boiling water and you go, how the hell did I get here? And I remember having a boyfriend that I, whom I cared about a great deal. And I was still in college and wanted to be his everything. And he was my everything. And I was like, oh, I was so lucky to be able to have a guy so good looking and so on and so forth. And then after a little of that personality started unveiling, it started off with the insecurity. And it's just like, well, who are you talking to? Well, why are you talking to them? Well, what, what's his interest in you? And, you know, and I thought, oh, it's so cute. You know, he, he's just, you know, he's a little bit jealous and whatnot. But then there is a part of us that perpetrates rescuing. And it's like, I'm going to show him what love really is. I'm going to rescue him from his own insecurity and, and behave in such a way that he should never feel insecure. And he should never feel like he has to worry about me. Watch, I, I can give away my power. I can 
be everything he wants me to be. I can be that person pleaser to show him that I'm deserving of his love. And that was the grandest mistake that I had ever made because what happened is that when I finally decided to assert my own strength and authority in my own stance of opinion, then it became, oh, you're asking for it. Who do you think you are talking to me? Oh, you, you, you want me to do something bad to you because you dare to stand up to me. And when you look at that and you go, and I'm just going to say it, holy crap, how did I get here? These are the women that I talk about versus being. I, I coach women. I tell women, oh, you can't do this. You can't do that. And then you find yourself there because what did I do? I dared to love and rescue someone and tell them I could be their everything. And then I realized I didn't want to be their everything because what they allowed for was demeaning and belittling and then ready to physically hit you if you dare to search yourself and you look up and you're trapped in that boiling water and you don't know how to walk away and you don't know how to get out. You care about this person, but on the same token, how they show you they care for you is hurtful and you find yourself trapped. And many people don't understand this about domestic violence because when you're getting married, you don't see every aspect or every side of that personality. We find it in partnerships maybe more now because a lot of people are not getting married right off the bat. They're living together, but there are a lot of people who are in arranged marriages. There are a lot of people who deal with partners who are in their best behavior. And as soon as the commitment's made and they know they have you, they, they flip and show a whole nother side of them that you never knew existed. And you're, you feel ashamed that you didn't catch it ahead of time. And you feel small because you're like, what will people think? And you're blown away because you're trapped. And I, I, I wanted to talk about this because I think it's important for people who are looking at others in domestic violence and go, oh girl, I don't know how she could do that, blah, 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 blah. No, 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 no. You have to understand nobody does that willingly. Nobody does that and they haven't caught the manipulation. If they caught the manipulation, they sure as hell wouldn't be there. Nobody wants that. Well, so girl, so I'm gonna dovetail just slightly back to our episode on sexual assault. Mm -hmm. The reason why I'm doing that is because when you were saying that there are some women that look at others and go, how could you possibly be in that situation? 90%, I beg to say 95% of women in the world have had some type of domestic violence because sexual assault falls into that category as well many, many times. So we have been in situations where we have been hurt by anger, rage, jealousy, insecurity, whether it's from a, and, and many times from the sexual assault aspect, also those same reasons tied to the domestic violence aspect, okay? So I'm saying that for those women who have said, I would never, ever, ever do that. If you have been, if you've even been in a sexually assaulted situation and 
didn't know what to do and felt trapped and didn't know where to go or who to tell. It's, it, it, there needs to be some empathy there and say, yes, you've been in that situation before. So I go there. The other thing is that I'm appreciative of the fact to be able to tell our own story here because I have one of my own where I've done the very same thing, where I was in a relationship where I did not feel loved at all. Wouldn't even tell me I love you. I would say I love you 50 million times a day, never heard the words back. And yet I stayed because there were other things about the relationship that I thought were loving. And then the first time that he threw something at me out of anger and jealousy and whatever deteriorated mindset he was in at the time, oh, well, he just threw something at me. I justified it. I would later justify it. Well, I was kind of in a domestic violence situation. No, I was. The second time, choking. Oh, well, he didn't really hit me, but he choked me. He put my neck up against the wall and choked me. And I looked at him and I've had that look that so many women have had. And I'm just gonna be sister girl real right here. You better kill me, brother, because if you don't, you will, you will go to jail or, I, or, or you will never see me again. And you give that look. In some cases, that leads to higher escalation. In my case, it led to de-escalation, but I stayed in it. And so it was only after the determination and will to leave, but it took a lot. And I am not alone. 12 years, 12 years. And there are women listening to this that have been in relationships like this for 24 years. At some point, you must come to the understanding that you deserve, you are worthy, and you have an innate inherited right to be safe, to be loved, and to be cared for. And if that is not happening in your relationship, you have the right to leave. And we need to talk about that too, because, you know, first of all, I'm right there with you. What resonated in my mind when you were talking about the choking in my situation is that he said to me, oh, you want me to do this? Because I was trying to assert my own strength to say, I can walk away from this. Oh, you want me to hurt you. You, you, you think that you, you can go head to head with me. You think that what you have to say can go head to head with me. I'm the one who controls everything here. And I, I can't get those, I couldn't get those words out of my head. And for my scenario, because I was in college at the time, I had, uh, I had followed, I was so young and naive. I had followed him so that I, we could go to school together and we were living off campus together and my parents didn't know. When you talk about leaving someone, what I had to do is I had to find, the, I had to dig deep for the strength in me. I was living the circumstance of which I had shared with my mother, I would never ever do, mom, I'm strong, you don't have to ever worry about me, you don't ever have to think that I wouldn't be strong enough. And then here I was, I had to face it and I had to do something. 
And I remember secretly reapplying back to the school that I originated from. Then what I did is I called my parents to get me. I arranged it so that he was at work. I pulled all of my stuff out of the apartment, had it right on campus, right there. And by the time he realized what was going on, my father was packing the car. And first of all, my parents were old school. They didn't deem a man and woman living together in first place. That, that was like a no-no. So he was already through. My father, my parents were already through. But what happened was that when he came and he showed up and he's like, oh, Mr. and Mrs. Harris, what happened? You know, I don't know what. My father put him in his place so quickly that all he could do was leave. And he told me to get in the car and I obeyed. I was like, I'm there, I was there. And I had to get, I had to reach for help. And then I will never forget that. I remember being in that car and my parents so disgusted with me saying, how could you do this? Blah, 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 blah. And I remember saying through tears, how could you yell at me when I just corrected the situation? What else would you have me do? And as soon as I finally said that, they stopped, they realized it and they just helped me. And I share this story because if you don't dig deep and find that place within you, have the courage and the strength to take the steps to separate yourself from the situation and move physically away from the situation, physically move, physically disappear, do what you have to do to step out of that situation with or without assistance, you are setting yourself up for something that you might be sorry for. You have to find the strength. I'm telling you, this is so important. What I want our listeners to have the courage to do today is to know your story. For, specifically for those who have been able to make that change, to get out of the situation, and a lot of times when you're fresh out of it, we go through the, there, there's a cycle and, and that cycle, a part of that cycle is, is shame. And yes. we want to move out of that shame and tell our story. For example, I know I've shared this story with other people, but to share it on a podcast is a whole nother level. But if it's yes. going to help somebody, if it's going to help somebody, you have to tell it. And your story, listener, will help somebody. My story is so similar, Enolia, the leave part of the story, which is I had to do everything very clandestine as well. I had a Ford F pickup truck at the time because he often was very inebriated or intoxicated. I was able to pack and take things over to a new location in the middle of the night, gently rising the garage door, taking the truck out of reverse and putting it in neutral first. So we just glide out of the driveway, keep the lights off until you get to the main street. And I did this between five to seven times before all that I, could take with me was gone. And then my father, who came down from Michigan, helped me with the rest and to tell him Bukeka's leaving because I didn't know what the response would be. I didn't know where he was in his sobriety. 
I didn't know if I would have the courage by myself to be quite honest with you. But my father came down and he helped me get the last bit of the stuff. I went to the new house. I moved my, I had everything ready. And here's another thing I wanna share with listeners. The, the, the day that you make that decision, do three days of doing something relative to that. The first three days, do something relevant to that decision that you've made. Make a pr profound statement that you've done something relevant to that. I knew that I was in the midst of leaving. So what I do, by January the 3rd, I put a new bedroom set in the layaway. For me, that was profound because I knew that it was going to have to be moved to someplace other than where I was living. And it was going to be mine. And it signified for me that step of leaving. So whatever that is for you, woman who is listening to this and going, oh my God, I'm so glad that someone is knowing my story and is giving me some information that's going to be helpful to me. Just know that you are not alone. I, I, I want to emphasize you are not alone because some women get out with just the clothes on their back or they get out with just their children or worse yet, they survive the physical violence, the brutal violence, and they lived. You are not alone. I don't care if you have to reach out to an agency because sometimes your family is not cooperative either. If you find yourself alone, reach out to an agency. But like you said, do two to three things that allow you to take steps towards that goal. It is so imperative to know that you are worthy of love better than this. And that's the conclusion that I had to draw in the end. In the end, I needed to understand that I deserved love better than what I was receiving, that there was love for me out there better than what I was receiving, that my understanding of how I saw my own worthiness was going to attract the love that I wanted to receive. So I needed to step up and understand that I was worthy so that I could attract somebody who would give me love based on my own worthiness, that I deserved it and that wanted to put me on a pedestal and that wanted to do everything for me. And no, there is no perfect love. But again, I go back to the first definition that we talked about of what love isn't. Love is not all of those demeaning things. It makes you feel wonderful. It makes you want to greet the day. You're not surviving it. You're embracing and sharing it. So for those women who are listening to us who have survived domestic violence, we wanna honor you with the greatest of respect because no one could truly understand what you've gone through. And I say this because I've heard the women's stories who've almost died and who barely made it, who were stabbed or hurt or beaten and survived it, but lost faculties because it took place. And I pray that no one ever has to has to ever, ever encounter this. But how do we stop the cycle of violence? Well, the first thing is gonna be education. If you have the inclination to share this to a younger person, please do. Because it starts with the teenage love and the 20 something love and the 30 something love and understanding that as a woman, you bring value to the table and you don't have to take, put up with, 
and think that this is the only type of love that you will receive, it comes with conditions and it comes with violence. And that as a young person, you are worthy and that you are beautiful and that there's always someone for everyone and that you can put your standards in place and say, no, that love isn't good enough. That is not the love that constitutes what I want. And I'm okay with saying, no, you may not love me. I do not want to be in relationship with you because the love that you share, I don't want. Give yourself the permission to understand that you are beautiful, you are worthy, you should be respected in every regard, that it's okay for someone to dote all over you. Understand that, that you bring value to the table as the being as you are. And in relationship, you both bring value and that value has to be acknowledged, recognized and treated with the utmost love, care and respect in relationship at all times, even in anger, and that anything shy of that does not deserve your love. I'm gonna sing. Okay. I am worthy of love, the kind you dream of. I am worthy of love. Yes, I am worthy of love, like stars are above. I am worthy of love. Once there was a time when my frame of mind was lost and alone. Seems a long time ago, I came to believe that nobody loved me. And from then on, no in searching, but never finding love, it was for real. But now I realize the truth, love's not envy, love's not rude, love is patient, love is kind. And so I've made up my mind, I am worthy of love. You couldn't have said it more perfect than that. Thank you. Thank you. I think that that might be a good place to stop, to let our listeners know they are worthy of love. Each of you and every one of you are worthy of love. Teach your girls, teach your boys, help them understand what love is. Teach them what love is. Love is patient, love is kind. Love does not hold conditions. Love goes the extra mile. Love is multidimensional. Love is intelligent. Love is everything. Love is the foundation. And anything shy of that may not be deserving of your love. So to our listeners here, this was a hard one for us. Yes, it was. But we come to you with our hearts open and we love your feedback. If you have something you want to say and you want to share back with us, please email us at beempoweredpodcasts at gmail.com. Talk to us. Let us know how you feel. We thank you for listening. We love you. And at this time, this is the International Women's Month. Yes. As well as Women's Month in general. Again, share this with someone you love. You never know, you may save their lives. Well, we thank you so much for 
allowing Enolia and I to be a part of your life today. Please tune in again for BE Empowered and have a wonderful rest of your day. Bye-bye. We hope you enjoyed the show. We look forward to bringing you more shows in the future. To learn more about our co-hosts, check out their websites, www.bukekastyle.com and www.enolia.live. Learn about their masterclasses for conscious transformation, their personal coaching, along with their international retreats and expeditions. Are you an entrepreneur looking for another line of income? Check out www.planetmarketing.com slash enolia and www.planetmarketing.com slash bblakemore. We are here to transform your life. Thank you for listening.